what does the uncertainty over Brexit hold for data privacy and cybersecurity? I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Jason Hart, Chief Technology Officer for Data Protection at Talos eSecurity. Welcome, Jason. Hi, how are you? Good to see you again. Good to see you too. So what does Talos do and what are your areas of responsibility? Yes, yeah, so Talos eSecurity, um, Talos provides organizations with security and trust in their data, wherever the data is created, shared or stored without impacting business agility. So ultimately our key objective is ensuring data, uh, identity and access is applied appropriately in order to provide confidentiality, integrity, accountability and auditability to the keys to the kingdom essentially, which is the data of all organizations. You recently published an article, how Brexit impacts the future of Europe's cybersecurity posture. What's Britain's position on recent EU cyber uh, and privacy rulings? Well, generally the position on uh, Brexit is no one actually knows what's going on yet. You know, it's all up in the air. So, um, but more importantly, from a, a GDPR or cybersecurity point of view, there, there, you know, from, from my point of view, um, there, there's a couple of fundamental issues I see. Um, so going back, um, what, most probably 18 months ago now, there was the, um, some, uh, you know, some litigation put in place uh, to basically ensure data protection and privacy for all individuals within the EU. So that's also known as uh, the General Data Protection Regulation, also GDPR. So that was one piece of, uh, one framework that was put in place. The second regulation was the um, EU uh, Network and Information Security Directive, also known as NIS, which provides legal measures to boost the overall level of cybersecurity in the, in the EU. So for, for the United Kingdom, we incorporated within the GDPR, the Data Protection Act 2018, and also the uh, NIS. So these were European directives, standards, regulations, frameworks that the EU um, put out there and the United Kingdom adopted. So the, the, the problem is it's, it's all about the privacy of data and the privacy of data. And on February, I think it was the 6th of this year, the UK government published using personal data after the Brexit. Now, the guideline reveals that post-Brexit UK businesses will still be able to send personal data from the UK to the EU and that the UK will continue to follow the free flow of personal data from the UK to the EU. However, data originating from the EU that comes into the UK will be a different story. So in summary, it, it is illegal for an EU member state business or organization to export data to a non-EEA entity without a specific legal safeguard in place. So since post-Brexit UK, UK could be depending on the method of exit, we could be considered as a third country. So UK businesses will be subject to these safeguards. So just to put this in context, within the EU, uh, within the UK itself, 
obviously GDPR has been a big thing. Generally, people are starting to maybe do some of the right things. But from what I see, my personal opinion is I've seen a huge increase in breach notifications. This is where organizations are really concerned, you know, so there may be a minor issue where, you know, a lost password or a compromised email account, but they're creating a notification of a potential breach. So this obviously causes a huge backlog, which is great. So it's, it's heightened the awareness. But in a post-Brexit world, if we were to be a third world, uh, you know, a, a different entity, then I just see this causing more confusion for organizations or, or who already you know finding it really difficult to understand what they should or shouldn't be doing it just essentially adds another complexity the uk was an important partner in supporting investigations and enabling arrests after the 2017 wanna cry ransomware attack how might brexit affect cooperation between the uk and the eu post brexit so again it's it's about the you know the the controls and the you know the the legal framework about sharing of data you know whose data is it is it is it uk data is it eu data so it, it's ultimately going to come down to the custodian of, of data now i'd like to think in you know where there's an investigation and you know some material information that, which is relevant to other nation states that you know there is some framework in place for that content that data that material to be shared what's the outlook for cybersecurity talent and hiring post brexit yeah it's great so you know generally i, I think this is just a, a general you know that what i see and what i hear and you know and in fact i, I see it firsthand that there is a, a general shortage of, of of security skills and you know the, the freedom of movement in and out of the UK, we don't really know how that's going to be affected in a post-Brexit world. You know, you know, are we gonna, you know, are we are we gonna be relaxed on that? But so let's assume that you know there are restrictions on on freedom of movement between people between EU, you know, from EU into the UK. Um, you know, there is a lot of talent out in the EU with you know from a cybersecurity point of view. So you could argue that if the freedom of movement um, was to be an issue or become a problem then that could you know enhance the shortage of skills within the UK itself but again this is kind of all theoretical yeah we, we don't really know what steps should individuals or, or organizations take to prepare for a post-brexit cybersecurity future yeah, great question. So, you know, my advice even pre-GDPR was, I think any organization, and this is this advice is for anyone in the world, um, it, it's kind of the landscape on, you know, framework, guidelines, you know, standards, regulation, etc. In, in cyber and data privacy is really, really confusing. Obviously, in the US, different states have different regulation, etc. But ultimately, I think if organizations are doing some fundamental basics, which we'll touch on in a minute, those fundamental basics can be applied to any standard, any privacy act, anything. So for any organization, you need to create three buckets. The first bucket is a bucket of people. 
in your organization and external to your organization, what type of individuals, what individuals are actually accessing or coming into your business to access data? That could be third parties, that could be supply chain, that could be employees, that could be contractors, etc. So let's create a bucket of people, list all of the different types of people. You don't need to do the names, just their, their job roles. Once we've got a book creating a, a, a bucket of personal identifiable information, intellectual property, financial information, marketing information, so any, any type of data, just create this bucket of data. Just, so we have a bucket of people, bucket of data. The third bucket is the process, the location. Where is all this data kept? What do people log into? Is it cloud environments? Is it web applications? Is it you know, traditional you know, legacy applications? Is it databases? And so you're creating this bucket of process. So the location and what's connecting it? Is it in the cloud? Is it in virtual environments? Is it in a third party? So what we have now is three buckets, a bucket of people, bucket of data, bucket of location and process. So now we can start joining those dots together. So we can say, right, this individual here, he is a contractor. What access does he, what data does he access? And where is the location of that data? So very quickly, you create a visualization, kind of a mind map based on the person, the data, and the location straight process. Once you know that, you can start going, okay, what do I actually need to start protecting in my business? So we know that this person here is a third party. He's coming in through this right. Okay, how are we controlling that? What's the access control? Is there multi-factoring in place? So you've got some element of security, basic confidentiality control. Then from there, he's coming into the internal network and then he's going back out into the cloud. Okay, what controls? And the biggest problem I see with all these new frameworks and regulations is, Organizations don't actually know what they're trying to protect and why they're trying to protect it. So the step one is people, data, location. Once you know that, and it can be a very simple manual process, you can create this visualization of risk. Once you know what the risk is, you can start applying the security control. Jason Hart, Chief Technology Officer for Data Protection at Talus eSecurity. Thanks again for joining us. If somebody wants to connect with you, Jason, and uh, find out more about this issue, how can they do that? Yeah, just reach out to me on Twitter, heart, H-A-R-T underscore Jason. All right. Thanks again, Jason. And if you guys want to find more of my interviews, you can do that right here or go to tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.